You are listening to the African Campfire Stories podcast. The African Campfire Stories podcast is a podcast program that is dedicated to the telling of African history stories and events. Welcome. strive to give you quality programming but to bring african history to you we have to wade through dozens of facts names of people and names of places should you pick up anything we get wrong or if you just need to reach us please use our website www.africancampfirestories.com you can also reach us on our social media pages on twitter african campfire stories on facebook African Campfire Stories on Instagram, African Campfire Stories. Your assistance will help to keep us honest and it will assist us in continuing to provide you with good quality episodes. To create this podcast, we use sources created by historians, academics and other writers. So thank you very much to all the men and women who write about African history. Without their efforts, this podcast would not exist. Without much further ado, here is episode 5, Cold War Pawns, The Second World War. Before listening to today's episode, we strongly suggest that you check out our previous episodes of the Cold War Pawns series, episode 2, 3 and 4, as some of the things we are going to discuss today will not make much sense if you have not heard these episodes. Also, we need to make the following point before going ahead. After the last episode tackled the relationship between the United States of America and the United Soviet Socialist Republics, some of you might be wondering why we are again taking this whole episode to continue in that vein. After all, if this is a podcast about African history, then why is there so much discussion about the USA and the USSR and other places? Episode 2 and 3 of this podcast explain why we feel that a lot of background is required for the Cold War Pawns series. In essence, the answer to why the Cold War Pawns series contains a lot of background episodes is that the road to the Cold War in Africa goes through Washington and Moscow and also through many other places around the world. Like most other historical events that Africa has had to endure in her past, the Cold War was not initiated by Africans. We promise that when we get to the episodes that will be discussing the impact of the Cold War on the African continent, all this background information of the USA and the USSR and other parts of the world will make sense. At all times during the Cold War, the USA and the USSR essentially acted and reacted based on what the other was doing. So it is important to understand the historical background of the animosity that led these two countries into the test of wills that is known as the Cold War. That being said, let us now continue with our narrative. In the previous episode, we left things in the middle of the Second World War. The USA and the USSR were on the same side of the Second World War against Hitler's Nazi Germany. Though, as we stated in the previous episode, Britain was also part of the coalition against Hitler. Nazi Germany was also not alone, by the way. Italy and Japan were on the side of Germany. 
though the wartime cooperation between Germany, Italy and Japan left a lot to be desired. Their cooperation never amounted to the kind of synchronized planning the Allies executed. Please also make a mental note concerning the fact that the full list of the Allied powers going against Hitler, Italy and Japan also included France and China. This will become important later in the Cold War Pawns series. For now, to make things less confusing, we will focus on the USA, Britain and the USSR as the core of the Allied coalition. Since the USA and Britain shared so much in the form of values, language and culture, the alliance against Germany was made up of a sub-alliance consisting of the USA and Britain. History has labelled that sub-alliance of the USA and Britain as the Western Allies, as both the USA and Britain were regarded as representing common and kindred Western values and ideas. The Western Alliance never fully trusted their partner the USSR. The USSR in turn returned the favour. Distrust was mutual and at times very pronounced. The war policies and strategies of the alliance against Hitler were discussed between the three allied countries. The idea was to attempt as much as possible to coordinate the conduct of military campaigns between the allies. If one leaves out the distrust that existed between the West and the USSR before the war, the cause of the Cold War was rooted in the wartime policies and strategies of the Allies. The three Allied leaders, that is British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, US President Franklin Roosevelt and USSR leader Joseph Stalin, only ever twice came together for meetings. The first time was a conference held in 1943 in the Iranian city of Tehran. The second conference was held in the year 1945 at Yalta in the Crimea, located in the USSR itself. The last big conference of the Allies was held in July 1945 in Potsdam, Germany, soon after the war with Hitler had come to an end in May 1945. But by that time, the leaders of the Allied countries had changed. In April 1945, US President Franklin Roosevelt had died. During the course of the Potsdam Conference, Winston Churchill lost by a general election in Britain and had been replaced at the conference by the new British Prime Minister Clement Attlee. That means that of the original war leadership of the Allied countries, only Joseph Stalin remained. Churchill, however, had met with Roosevelt and Stalin separately many times during the war. Churchill's goal in these separate meetings was twofold. Firstly, he wanted to make Roosevelt see the evil that he, Churchill, saw in the USSR and Stalin. That way, Roosevelt can agree to ways and means of applying more controls and pressure on Stalin. Secondly, Churchill wanted to reach agreements with Stalin that would leave much of Eastern and Central Europe free from the clutches of the USSR. These meetings of the Allied leaders during the war and Potsdam Conference soon after the war are very important for the story of the Cold War. One of the core causes of the Cold War was the fact that the agreements made in these meetings were broken by the USSR. Possibly the most troublesome of the agreements between the Western Allies and Stalin were the agreements to do with Poland. In September 1939, Britain and France had declared war on Hitler's Germany because Germany had invaded Poland. Those declarations of war 
were the cause of the Second World War, at least in the European theatre. So for many people in the British political establishment and to Churchill himself, how Poland fared after the Second World War was a serious concern. The fear for Churchill was that the USSR would take over Poland on the former's way to invade Germany and most likely never give Poland back her independence. After Hitler invaded Poland in 1939, the Polish leadership escaped to Britain. Churchill and his government recognized only these two Polish leaders as the lawful and official representatives of the defeated Poland. Thus, the British plan was to reinstitute the Poles based in London back onto power in Poland after the war was over. Stalin had other plans. He wanted Poland to be pro-USSR after the war. Stalin had concluded that so long as the independent Poland existed, there would always be an invasion route for countries coming from Western Europe to invade the USSR. After all, it was through this route that Germany attacked the Russian Empire at the beginning of World War I in 1914. It was through that route that Hitler invaded the USSR in 1941. Napoleon Bonaparte had also used the same route back in 1812 to attack the Russian Empire. Besides the concern about the invasion route, Stalin's relationship with Poland had also been marred by a succession of bad experiences. Much of the land that was to become the country of Poland had been part of the Russian Empire prior to the collapse of the Russian Empire in 1917. Episode 4 discusses the fall of the Russian Empire, the Russian Communist Revolution and the civil war that took place afterwards. When the Russian Empire disintegrated after the 1917 Communist Revolution, many peoples who had been under the control of the Russian Empire saw a chance to break free and gain independence. The Polish were one of such people. The newly formed USSR was in a chaotic state and was thus not able to keep the newly independent Poland under control. To make matters worse, soon after Poland came into independent existence, she sought to increase her territory at the expense of the still chaotic USSR. The leader of the USSR saw the newly independent Poland as simply a rebellious province that had to be put back into its place. USSR leaders also wanted to get Poland back under control because they needed the Polish territory as a land bridge they can use in order to be able to assist revolutionary movements in the rest of Europe. These conflicting aims of Poland and the USSR led to the Soviet-Polish War of 1919-1921, a war which Poland won. This scenario would have hardly been likely had the USSR been stable at that time. The Free Poland left a painful sore on the body politic of the USSR generally and on Stalin specifically. Stalin had personally commanded one of the USSR army contingents that attacked Poland during the Soviet-Polish War. His attack had been a failure. This had humiliated Stalin within the USSR Communist Party and it had emboldened Stalin's arch-rival within the party, Leon Trotsky. Stalin was not a forgiving man and his memory was very long. In 1941, Trotsky would be murdered in Mexico on Stalin's orders. He had been in exile there. Poland 
would also not be forgiven. What we have not mentioned at all so far in our story is that just before the Second World War began in September 1939, Hitler had approached Stalin with an offer of friendship and alliance. Stalin accepted, regardless of the fact that the USSR and Germany had been exchanging insults for seven years. Thus, at the beginning of the Second World War, Germany and the USSR were allies. Of course, this was the kind of alliance where both the countries involved knew that there was no way the alliance could last in the long term. Both Hitler and Stalin needed time. Hitler needed time to conquer Poland and Western Europe. Stalin needed time to rebuild his army and economy. One of the agreements reached by Hitler and Stalin was the splitting up of Poland between them. Hitler would attack from the West and Stalin would attack from the East. When Hitler attacked the USSR in 1941, the alliance with Stalin came to an end. It was no surprise to Churchill and Roosevelt that at the Tehran Conference of 1943, Stalin expressed his disdain for the Polish leaders that were in exile in London. Stalin knew that the Polish leaders who were in exile in Britain would never give him control in Poland. He already had his own communist Poles that he was grooming in Moscow for the takeover of Poland after the Second World War came to an end. The geography of Europe was such that out of three major allies fighting against Hitler, it was Stalin's army that was going to free Poland. And Stalin had no intention of creating an independent Poland. When Hitler finally died on the 30th of April 1945, Stalin's armies already had full possession of Polish territory. With Hitler's death, World War II in Europe was over. There was still Japan to defeat, but the European theater was at peace once again. Now that Hitler was gone, there wasn't much that was holding the Allies together anymore. For months after Stalin had occupied Poland, he had been promising that he would introduce democratic rule in the country. But stories of USSR hard-headedness in the rule of Poland were making their way to the Western Allies. There was now growing concern about whether the USSR would be a constructive partner in the post-World War II world. The situation after the Second World War was one of the more unique situations in world history. At the end of the First World War, there were a handful of great world powers remaining. The same applied after the Napoleonic Wars of the 19th century. But at the end of World War II, only two superpowers remained in the world, the USA and the USSR. The only two superpowers that remained in the world had vastly different economic and political systems. They each represented a view of the world that was worlds apart. From the day the USSR was created, she and the USA never got along. Their only collaboration had been made possible only by the danger that Hitler had posed. This is all the time we have for today. This is the end of today's episode of our Cold War Porn series. On the next episode, things will get messier as the USA develops a nuclear bomb and drops it on Japan. The USSR uses spies to infiltrate the US nuclear program in order to build its own nuclear bomb a few years after the first US bomb is exploded. The USA 
has a new president in Harry Truman and Stalin doesn't like him at all. We touch a little on the Chinese situation. Mao Zedong wins power in the Chinese Civil War. Remember to follow the African Campfire Stories podcast on Twitter, African Campfire Stories, Facebook, African Campfire Stories, Instagram, African Campfire Stories, or visit our website at www.africancampfirestories.com. Please also leave us any comments or input you may want to communicate to us.